This is episode 144 with Amber Hawkins. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Legends. This is another episode where I'm bringing on former guests who have been on the podcast before. I want to hear them share their experiences, their challenges and beliefs about the current world crisis. And I also want them to share their tips and strategies with you all and and myself to help us all understand how we can thrive in these challenging times and not just survive. I want them to give us different ways to think about our situations, our lives, our existence, and our reality. This is the third time I've had Amber Hawken onto this podcast, and I love how different each episode has been with her, which I think is because she has evolved as a person, and also because we have both evolved individually and also become very close mates and do a lot of coaching together. As a reminder, Amber Hawken is, (laughs) actually, I was going to read uh, her bio from her website straight away on who Amber Hawken is, but to sum it up from me first, Amber Hawken is a fucking amazing coach. Her depth of understanding of humans and how to get the best out of ourselves is phenomenal. Literally, her adaptability is profound. Her ability to coach any humans is inspiring for me as a coach and mind-blowing for those of her clients who experience the life-changing circumstances from having worked with Amber. And you'll hear her discuss that in this episode. I, I sort of chew into her a bit about that. Okay, and now for the the website blurb so you can understand it from not my perspective. Amber Hawken is the head of a small, multifaceted Australian company serving multiple audiences including private companies, government institutions, school and university education systems and the everyday community through retreats, keynote speaking, a best-selling book, private coaching, online programs, workshops and festivals. She also founded Calm Mind Co., a conscious-driven initiative created to shape conscious leaders and shift cultures using mindfulness, meditation, mindset, movement, and nutrition, beginning first with the individual and then rippling into the collective. With a diploma of mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy, Amber is also a qualified neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, deep state repatterning therapist, and yoga teacher. Amber is the author of a number one best-selling book, The Unfuckwittable Life, and she hosts the Amber Hawken podcast. To me, Amber Hawken is also, as I said, a, an empowering and reliable mentor and best mate. If you haven't listened to any of her other episodes on this show or listened to her podcast or followed any of Amber's work online, 
I highly recommend that you do. She gives more value than any of my friends, mentors, or connections that I've seen. In this episode, we discuss Amber's greatest personal learnings in these challenging times, questions from you listeners who submitted into the Facebook group, some questions like how to maintain discipline of alignment, good routines and habits when you're back in the commute and pressure of work again. We discuss how Amber believes we can all thrive and what thriving actually means to her, why shifting energy before taking action is so important, how and why personal experience in certain areas of life aren't prerequisites of great coaching, Amber's 12-week coaching program called Supercharged and how you can build quantum resilience from this. And we chat about a project that her and I have been working on before and during the COVID period that we're extremely proud of and excited to share with you all. And that's called the Thrive Series. You'll hear us discuss this a little bit at the end of the podcast, but we don't go into heaps of detail because I didn't want this episode to be all about our program. I wanted it to be more of you hearing from Amber as a human, as a coach, as a vulnerable person, giving you more valuable investment of your time and and a discussion around everything else that I mentioned there above. So let me just briefly tell you what Thrive Series is. It's a 10-module online learning series for inspired individuals who want to master the fundamentals of mental emotional and physical vitality optimization to increase their impact on the world. We have videos, audio record recordings and PDF documents. It's an abundance of valuable resources on the topics that we believe are the foundations for all of us humans to thrive in all key areas of our life. It's what we coach in organizations and schools and with the individuals we work with. And we've made it super affordable because we want as many people as possible to gain value from this. What if we told you that you didn't have to sacrifice your mental and physical well-being in order to get it all done and change the world? What extra impact in your day-to-day could make in your career, relationships, and creative ideas with 10 times extra energy, calm, clarity, and inspiration. We believe inspired people who give deserve a life that not only contributes to and supports others, but feels incredible. This program is for inspired individuals who want increased productivity, fulfillment, and impact from their life. So the way it works is it comes with unlimited 24-7 access available to stream on any device that you have. You can download it to your phone. There's even an app that we have with this. Wherever you go, Thrive goes with you. It's your go-to resilience and growth resource to return to over and over and over again. 10-module interactive video-based training program. There's 12 expert coaching calls with a thriving community and 12 months unlimited access to 
all material and coaching replays. There's a library of an abundance of resources to support accelerated growth, including done-for-you recordings that guarantee embodied learning, breakthrough tools to overcome procrastination and sabotage, restorative practices revitalizing the mind, the body and self-connection and there's prompts and worksheets and those PDF materials like I told you about that fast track your growth and stimulate inspiration. We cover mindset, emotional resilience, purpose and fulfillment, functional breathing, nutrition and gut health, sleep optimization, meditation, mindfulness and movement as medicine. Honestly guys, Honestly, I've never produced anything that has had so much value and high quality value all in one place. That's why I'm so freaking proud and excited for you all to have access to this Thrive series. But don't take my word for it. Just check it out yourself. Watch the intro vids and read all about it at calmmindco.com. And once you go on there, you'll see the links and the vids to take you to the Thrive series, calmmindco.com. And I'll link that in the show notes as well. <sighs> Jeez, I'm pumped about this. Okay, now let's hear from the legend herself, Amber Hawken. Hawken, welcome back to Your Life of Impact. Robbo, thanks for having me. It's been a while. This is your third time on the podcast. Is it? Yeah. Mate. It's fantastic. Through the lucky number. <laughs> a lot's changed since the first time that I had you on the episode, episode 69 it was, when I caught up with you in your house, uh, other house here in Palm Beach. It was the first time we'd met. What a great number. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> since then, we've shared many laughs, many challenges, many flights, uh, many, we've embodied lots of practices together. We've shared many enlightening moments where we've been able to take what we believe and embody and teach and coach together and put it into to many people's lives. Mm, and a wedding. And a wedding. You were the MC at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yes, welcome back. Thank you. You have a lot of value to offer in so many different areas. We could take this, you know, you've written a book. We could take this in <laughs> so many different directions. However, I want to hear from you. How is life for you at the moment due to the the COVID crisis and how has it changed? Sort of what impact has it had on you and, and how has that changed even since early March? It's now early May and it's been two months since all of this kind of broke out. How is life for you in these challenging times? Mm. So many different aspects to, to that question. I'll start with the things that, that did challenge me. And they were really the, the best things actually that I found even within those challenges as I'm saying them, they, they make me actually feel quite alive in the sense that it brought to my attention where I was giving my attention before that felt uh, that it was great, that I had uh, perhaps I was getting some, I don't want to say something from it, perhaps it was feeding me in a healthy way and when put under the microscope, due to us going into self-isolation, I realized actually it wasn't feeding me as much as I thought it was. It was it was actually draining me. It was a bit out of balance. And that was me um, giving time to people. And 
I love I love humans and I love my friends and in um you know in this in this beautiful day and age I love to catch up and go for a walk on the beach and have a coffee with a friend and when you work for yourself it's so I almost I realized that I felt not obliged but perhaps in my own mind, I was like, well, I have the freedom to do this, of course. And then during, my, during this time, it was like illegal to do that <laughs> for some time. So I didn't. And then when I, I noticed that I would continuously get messages from maybe the friends or the people that I would jump on the phone to or FaceTime or Zoom or go for walks with, I didn't miss it, but they missed me. And that is nothing to do with me being uh, – that has more to do with me creating a codependent relationship than me being better or anything. So, then like, don't please don't misunderstand that I'm saying, oh, they, oh, they, they missed me and I didn't miss them or because I didn't like them. What it highlighted to me had nothing to do with these people and everything to do with the fact that I realized what actually makes me thrive is much more alone time much more space to myself, much less catch-ups. The potency of the relationships and the quality was deeply nourishing for the people that I did get to see because of work, such as yourself, my housemate, and, and then the conversations that I would engage in, um, you know, even on FaceTime and stuff, despite it being the fact that a lot of people probably felt like they had more time in their hands, I, as you know, we actually did, did quite, quite contrary to that and went and created something. And it took, I chose to place so much energy and time into that. And I noticed how challenged I was at saying no to phone calls and catch up walks 1.5 meters away for essential exercise, which were, yes, very essential. And, (laughs) and so the challenge for me has been actually a shedding of habits and patterns for almost a overindulgent in time that I thought was nourishing me that wasn't. So that was, it was challenging for me. I, I faced some guilt around that and um, some grief around uh, releasing friendships that I never thought would be released or even just stepping back from them. And it's almost like I faced this, this internal thing of loneliness that I, that I worked through within myself around that. It's interesting you say that because as, as I was listening to you speak about that, I remember thoughts that I had over the last couple of months that I've never actually spoken about. And that's when people around me, I had heard people and neighbors and other friends saying, oh my God, I'm I'm speaking with people I haven't spoken to for years and we're connecting in ways that I've never connected. And, and I thought, oh, I'm not doing that. And I don't feel like I'm missing out on that. Should I be reaching out to people I haven't spoken to in years? And I mm. thought, no, there's a reason why I haven't spoken to those people in years. Mm-hmm. The people who I want to speak with in my life and the people who – have that exchange of energy that the relationships are um, giving and receiving and thriving, there's a reason why we continue to talk and Mm. it doesn't have to be all the time. Mm. And I thought that's really interesting that it makes people think that after years that they need to reconnect now. So I do want to pick up on something that you said there though. You said you experienced grief Mm. through this. What do you mean by that? Grief of shedding those relationships. Yeah, I mean, sad. I do love those people. Uh, and I still do, and, and I'm talking about it as if like we're not friends anymore. It's it's it was an internal process of 
realizing I didn't want to spend as much time with people as I thought I did or as I was. And there's a combination of deep relief and spaciousness and uh, alignment and the fullness that comes from that. And that felt really good. And then knowing that the dynamics of how the relationship or the friendships, it was friendships were before that I resisted re-engaging even via text message or making that extra effort when we pick back up when we could say go for picnics again. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. Then they were not as nourishing as I I thought they were and it was more habit of saying yes, of being like, yep, yeah, cool. And probably noticed that it was my love of like being a those that that extrovert in me being a social butterfly or wanting to be like to do stuff like wanting to be wanted so there's a grief in that part of me no longer existing and just like anything dying there's a grief period and then grief in how the relationships were and that was all internalized this is like I didn't have conversations with anyone about it this is all that I kind of face within myself of like oh my gosh so yeah sense of loss it's interesting actually because I'm going to ask you a question from a Christian in the Facebook mm-hmm. the Your Life of Impact podcast community Facebook group. He actually said cuz you're talking there about habits and change. Yeah. He said if we had created good habits, built strong connection with family or friends and any other amazing alignment, how do we ensure that we carry that through to when life gets more normality again? <sighs> This is just my perspective. You get to you get Christian. Hello, you de- get to decide what's normal, and you get to decide if you want normal that didn't nourish you, that didn't have those habits to be the same thing, or if you would like to actually make what you have embodied and learnt your new norm. And I believe truly, it's a decision that you get to make. That you realise that the only person in charge of what's normal is you. And I think we give away our power by thinking that there's anything other than the decision that we have to make, that that's like, this is how it is now, period. Because John also asked a question in that group saying in a similar sort of thing around habits, with the majority of people working from home and the evident increase in personal exercising going on, what are some of the best methods of maintaining the discipline when things return to the new normal and the pressures of work or the daily commute again start to get in the way? <clears throat> Great questions. And I didn't fully answer the first one. I did in a little. Uh, and these two really kind of come together. Mm. It's the this discipline. And I had this client yesterday that I was working with and he said – you know, he knows he's capable of great things, expanding in his business and doing amazing work. However, there's a part of him deep down inside that didn't feel he was worthy or deserving of it. And I asked him to think about deserving and worthiness and what does that mean? So how, who determines who's deserving of what? And he gave me this context that, well, if you're working for it or you're working hard for it and you're a good person, you have good values, then you deserve it. And I challenged it and challenged it and pushed it because obviously, well, I said to him, All right, imagine right now, just play with me. Imagine in this reality that everyone is doing the best they can with what they have, right? Just imagine it. What then would make someone deserving? If they're doing the best that they can with what they have, action or inaction, what makes them deserving? He said, well, I guess probably that like their values and morals. And I said, yeah, well, where did they get them? And then, you know, you could see the the cogs ticking. He's like, well, the, the environment and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. So then if we exchange the word deserving for just say action reaction, 
what determines whether or not we are able to achieve or we, you know, inverted commas, get what we dream or desire. And so in these circumstances, we get the benefits of feeling alive because we've exercised and we get, you know, get to continue these um, habits. And it comes back to choice. So it's a, it's a deeper understanding that we get to, we, we have always had the opportunity or the option to have these habits. And this has exposed what we were not um, giving importance to where it was important or uh, importance to other things. There is always such an abundant amount of time and energy and your life will be a reflection of where you decide to put that. And and when we talk about discipline, discipline is, it's a beautiful practice to be disciplined at doing something that might be uncomfortable that you don't want to do. Like this morning I woke up, I did 20 minutes of yoga and then I'd left the, the cover off the pool, did some Wim Hof breathing and I did not want to get in. I did it anyway and that's the discipline. It builds an internal fire. So discipline is good in that sense if you're thinking of it of building your own fire up to drive yourself forward. But if you're coming and you're thinking I need to be disciplined in this and the energy behind it is almost like, well, I need to discipline. If we think of disciplining a child, it's almost like you did wrong, increasing the almost like a pain reaction, then the the drive is to get away from pain. So I would – you know, I would think about where the word discipline is coming from, what your intention is behind it, and considering perhaps that discipline is something that you can build within yourself from a beautiful space of wanting to fuel what would um, make you thrive in life. So it's it's we need to go inside out, whereas we've been going outside in. Does that answer the question? Yeah, and I think clearly what you're saying there as well is that take this as an opportunity to see how the choices that you're making yes. now, how it's making you feel. So when the pressures of work, like John said, come back in and there's commuting and things like that, if that's making you feel out of alignment or if that's making you feel less happy, less joy, less abundance, less connection, okay, if that if that has to be a part of your life, you still have the opportunity to make the choices that you know now that you are making that are bringing in that happiness, that joy, that abundance, that connection. It might not be as often. Mm -hmm. However, if he's looking for that discipline, Mm -hmm. like you said, coming back to that internal feeling, I look at it as, like I say, every challenge is an opportunity. Mm. And that's why I ask these two questions together because I feel like John is worried about things going back to the old norm and how am I going to maintain things whereas Christian has obviously taken this opportunity and he's growing in different ways to say wow I'm actually connecting to myself more than ever and Mm. this is easier now when the transition comes back for me to take that in yeah and so it comes back to deciding what you uh something that I want to say to, to to John or to anyone who has felt like in John's situation and I have too um in that of when it goes back to normal, it's like, you're not the same person anymore. Take a second to let that land. You are not that person. And I was talking about this to, um, to my coach this morning that sometimes it requires some self inquiry to go, all right, there is a habit to do X, Y, Z. So there has been a habit in the old norm to overwork, to not prioritize, to do, 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 do. In this new, in this situation, this circumstance, I was able to, I had time, therefore I chose to do, 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 do. And so if you're looking at the old norm, the discomfort, I would guess, has it a guess, I can relate to this, uh, the discomfort about 
finding the time to do that would be the fear of what might fall apart or what might not get done or how you, uh, what that might mean to you if you weren't to get that done more so about how, you know, who you are and success and getting things all done and responsibilities and the feeling, what we're really avoiding there, the habit is, has been, uh, the habit of overwork has been there to avoid the feeling of not doing enough or mm. letting people down or having responsibility. So you haven't had to face the feeling of what that might feel like. Does that make sense? So the habit was protecting that discomfort. So now this is exposed that truly this makes you thrive and perhaps just asking yourself, maybe you could just flip the coin and decide that this is what's more important mm. and that I am willing to move into that old, uh, move, willing to dissolve that old story that, you know, it's, okay, sorry, two parts. Flip the coin of the old story of who I now am and how I live and what my new norm is. Number one, it's a decision. You make it within yourself and you give yourself compassion for the old way that, that was. And then and the new, uh, the other aspect to that is uh, taking the time to just realize what the habit was avoiding and knowing that in the 21st century, a lot of people have that habit, that reflex of not feeling like they, they maybe not being forgotten or perhaps it's not bringing in the money or that whatever it is, whatever uncomfortable feeling that you would get if you imagined not doing all of the things at the rate that you were doing at, at the level that you were doing at, what would you feel? Hey, there's an invitation there to look and work with that a little bit deeper because that is what's going to support you to continue to prioritize the other things. So it's decision, values, identity shift, and then a choice to maybe explore that deeper if need be. I'm going to speak to that too, because I felt that I can understand where John's coming from because that first few weeks, like you said, we got busy. Mm -hmm. What happened to, and I've shared it on a different episode, but 80% of my income disappeared yep. due to events not being there, gyms closing, different things like that. And my mindset was, okay, I've got to make up for that 80%. Mm -hmm. And we got into adaptive mode and evolve and and uh, Marie and I created our own online programs. You and I got really busy. We kind of just fast forwarded what was going to happen anyway, yes. but we did it. And it comes from that place of love still because I had to question myself when I was feeling really fatigued from it all. Mm -hmm. Am I doing the right thing? And it's like, actually, yes, I'm giving value, mm -hmm. doing everything that we know that the world needs more of. We're doing it in a platform that is, you know, more accessible, everything like that. And then the last few weeks where we've created these products and they're out there and all of a sudden I've got more time at home than ever before and it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I went through that stage for the first week of, I'm not doing enough. I'm mm -hmm. not good enough. Like mm -hmm. that's where my mind goes. Mm -hmm. If I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough. And we've set up our lives where I don't, I choose not to be busy. I choose to be productive and I choose to have quality time with Marie and Ollie at home often and just quality time for myself. And I already set myself up like that. And then all of a sudden that's accentuated times. I tell you what, anyone who wishes for freedom, just be careful what you wish for and know how that you want to spend your time because all of a sudden that was gifted to me and I, I just had that feeling. I'm not providing for my family enough. I'm not doing enough. Therefore, I'm not good enough. I'm not out there enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. And I had to really do the work on that. And these last few weeks, I've just so, so connected to Marie, Oliver, myself, the universe, like just thinking thoughts and just being in a place I've never been before. And I'm like, okay, so when the, the quote unquote new norm comes back, I'm going to choose to say no to more things because I don't want to travel interstate all the time. Yep. I, I want to give. However, I know what's giving too much. I know the life that I can choose to live that serves me and my mission the best. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And and I echo that sentiment of 
you know, John, I share that fear and Robo, I share that with you too. I, I just shared with you recently that I started dating someone and, uh, it's easy for me to get super excited in creative writing mode. And it kicks in sometimes if I haven't stopped by 6 PM, 8 PM is like, whew, I get this new wave and, um, my partner will come home and he'll finish work at, you know, different, different times on different days. Like one day is five and another day is 7 PM. He got home last night and I was right in the thick of doing something. And I looked up and I had already made a commitment to go for a walk and every inch of my old self wanted to be like, I can't, I want to keep doing this. And I just looked up and I'm like, no, because what is important to me is love. What is important to me is connection. What is important to me is uh, fueling that part of me, which would nourish whatever I was going to go and create anyway. So I put my laptop down and I went for a walk and watched the moon rise over the ocean and the sunset and it was really beautiful. And then I did come back and, um, you know, at 6.30 and did another hour and it was incredibly effective. And not only that, I uh, stopped by eight quarter past eight or 8.30 and it was it was a much more effective time and it's 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 like it was productivity, you know, it wasn't doing something for the sake of being busy. And what I find is when we choose the things that nourish us, we might have less time before to do the things that we were worried about not getting done and not being enough, but we get so much more done. We feel so much better and it's much more impactful than if we were to not. So I guess that I wanted to share that as an extension of what I was saying before. It's like you still get to be able to work and do the things that you love it's just that the more time that we have, the more time we will fill and the more money we have, the more money we will spend if we're not mindful, the more um, it will getting something of what we are fear of not having enough of will only expand the fear of what was already running us. Just expand on that a little bit because that's what I feel like was going into yeah. these questions from, from John and even Christian where that's that and like I mentioned before about we want, we desire freedom and I want freedom mm-hmm. and I want this or I want more mm-hmm. money and I want more money. It's that like kind of like that saying, I think, is this where you're going? That saying of if you're an angry, narcissistic prick and then you become rich, you become more of an angry, narcissistic, <laughs> rich prick. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are circumstances and nuances where that hasn't happened. However, uh we've talked about this before. It's like you will expand, you get more of the thing that you're fearing. It's only going to feed it. Like it doesn't stop you worrying about it. It doesn't stop the scarcity. Getting the thing that you're afraid to not have does not end the scarcity. So money, Mm. time, love. It's like it's still there. It might cover it up. It might buffer it a little bit. It will only actually feed the demon. You have to actually do the energetic work or the emotional work or perhaps the belief system work or the shift within yourself around scarcity you need to change that and they those are through micro habits those are through micro belief systems those are the little little tiny things that your intentions your affirmations your journaling your the way in which you choose to see the world that's what shifts that you know and that's what will fuel you which will change your behavior change the whole way you experience life which then you don't have to be disciplined to do the thing it's what you just do because you know that that will allow you to thrive. That's part of your being. I'm going to flip back to that, but before I do, I just want to ask, why do you believe, do you have a belief of why this pandemic is happening globally 
where everyone's experiencing the same thing all at once? What's your beliefs around it? Hmm. Why do I believe that the universe decided to deliver a pandemic to us? Is that the question? Yes, you can either look at it as delivering the pandemic or just that we're <laughs> we're experiencing a shift globally together. For example, I believe that the whole planet is getting a shake of consciousness all at once. 100%. And then the people who were already awake will be more awoken or um, continue life yep. and, and be thriving. Yep. Some people will be woken up and then other people will get this little shake and then go back to normal. Yeah. But I feel like it's a shake of consciousness all at once, all together, putting 100%. things in, per- in people's minds that have never been there before or just not as prevalent. So do you, maybe you don't have any beliefs. I have a lens that I see the world through and it's, it's very similar to yours and that's why we, we jam so well together, uh, which is that it's that. It's I truly believe that this – it's many things and one of them that I felt was the most beautiful, full-stop – Wake up, what is important? Who am I? What have I been valuing? What have I been putting my attention towards that hasn't been that? I truly, I truly, truly feel that we are shifting more to a way of being to turning what were like habits that were fun or things that brought us joy to kind of waking up the art within us all and or the art or the artist or the creator or the entrepreneur or the whatever in us and going, this is what I want my life to be. Was my career in alignment with that? Were my relationships in alignment with that? What what was out of alignment? And we've been given the opportunity to look at that and see that and either feel a victim to that or to go, wow, how liberating that I got to see what was in and out of alignment. And to, there is a risk in change for all of us. There's a risk in deepening our alignment because we have to break the habits that were out of alignment before that were protecting us from uncomfortable feelings. And so I believe that it was many things and most of all a a like a pause, a reset, but just truly this big ass poke and a big mirror to go, "Hey, what the fuck have you been doing with your life? Did it feel amazing? Were you contributing? Did it fuel you? Did it support others? Did it support you? Is it in alignment? If not, now's the time to stop doing that shit. That didn't fuel you. Now's the time to face that uncomfortable feeling of choosing a career, a relationship, a friendship, a new belief system, a new pattern, putting down old patterns that didn't serve you and going, all right, here. Because that's a raising consciousness and they're they're external, uh, tangible aspects of a shift in consciousness because what has been clearing has been the distortion of what's important or what matters or who we are. And that distortion is being cleared. Therefore, we cannot, we cannot possibly, there is no going back. We cannot go backwards in time. We are here. This is all that we have. And our future will be determined by how we choose to, to take the next step, which will be determined by how we choose to be right now. Do you believe that we can thrive in these challenging times? It's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> how do you believe that we 
people can thrive in these challenging times? It really is everything we've we've kind of touched on. It it comes back to go to it really it ultimately comes back to choice. What's important to you? Do you want to thrive? What does thrive mean to you? For me, thrive means that I feel all of my human aspects of myself at once. So it doesn't mean that I feel good all the time. It means that I feel that I have access to all of the aspects of myself, the aspects of life, my different archetypes, my different emotions, my different mindsets. And then I get to decide which ones to activate through or to live through, which fuel me, which fuel the world, which impact the greater good, which are of service to growth, of healing. And that's it. And it really comes back to choice. And how? These are micro behaviors, micro decisions. They're the tiniest little subtleties of quite literally the language that you use, how you see the world, what you, it's, it's, it's changing your energy, changing your emotional state before you take action on things. It's the, it's like we have to slow down and pause in order to be able to speed up and accelerate. And that's what thriving is. And how many of us say we don't have the time to do that? Or I can't do that because the slowdown is vital. The beingness is vital in order to be able to accelerate and expand exponentially. So thriving is less about doing more and actually being. And then from that place of being, choosing for you, right, what continues that to, to magnetize me? Like what's magnetic for me and moving towards that? Because your life of thriving will look different to my life of thriving. Thriving really is alignment. And to be in alignment, we need to be able to listen and alignment on a physical, mental, spiritual, emotional level. I love that because thriving can be, I guess, misunderstood as perfection and being mm. the absolute very best at everything that you do. Whereas it's exactly like you spoke about. And I'm just thinking back to John's question there where this opportunity – to thrive in every area, having that choice, like he says, is beautiful just watching you even explain that and you going within of your choice of your mindsets, your archetypes, your energy, every choice that you make. So making those choices now to align with who you are, who you want to be and who you want to be after this time and in the future, these kind of skills around thriving and this knowledge around thriving, it's an opportunity where when John does have to go back to commuting to work, he can still practice the mind shift, mindset shifts. He can still practice thriving skills in that commute, in his work environment. He can still be a thriving version even when the other stresses of the world creep in because that's the reality that we live in, that there will be all of these external stresses. I think there's an aspect um, to point out for just the invitation to trust yourself a bit more, John and all of the John, all of the people who are relating to John, which is probably everyone right now. Thank you, John. Uh, to just trust yourself a little bit more. You're different. You've done some amazing work. Your consciousness has shifted. And when, if if you ever go back and dive into the old way or inverted commas normal, which is just, it just doesn't exist. Like let's just destroy that. But say you were to try an old habit on from the old, from a, from a, from Pre-COVID, are we going to have like, you know, AD and like, what is yeah, it? Yeah, I guess we After will. COVID, post-COVID, before COVID. Anyways, so pre-COVID, if you try and try any of those habits back on, if you, it's, I almost like when I close my eyes, I almost see it like veins of choice. It's like, you know, which vein are you going to go back down? Which mm. river are you going to float back down again? If you try and go down an old vein that did not serve you, that was out of alignment, it's going to feel tough. 
You're going to feel the impact more. As before, it was normal and it was good because it was avoiding and it may feel comfortable to go back there uh, to an extent, but it's also not. You're going to notice it and you'll probably notice your exhaustion more or your irritation more around it it's not going to feel like it as good as it used to I don't think it's like when you get to when you start to eat really well wholesome food and then you go um go have some KFC or you you're used to eating beautiful healthy homemade chocolate and then you try on some Cadbury and you're like what the fuck is this like it's not going to feel as good anymore Hopefully, it's not going to be as satisfying. <laughs> now, thrive is the the word, the the theme word, and it's also something that we've built out together. Talk to me about what the Thrive series, explain a little bit to the listeners and then what it means to you. Yeah. So, Thrive is a 10-module video-based series. It's online, it's accessible on an app and in a in a beautiful online platform that's laid out in a way where we have uh, nine different teaching modules and then a welcome module plus a bunch of resources that basically support you to be able to build your own version of a routine or a ritual that would increase your consciousness, your emotional state, your energetic state, your physical well-being so that from the basis of just who you are, the energy and the mindset that you hold, that everything in your life You have access to kind of what I was talking about before. You are thriving energetically, mentally, emotionally so that you get to take that into everything that you do. So it is really about empowerment. It's not you have to do this so you thrive. You have to be this way or here's how your life should live. It's like this is is something for you to create for yourself. These are ways in which we from all of our experience in human behavior and performance and well-being and vitality that we know of these tiny little shifts and these habits that most of them take just minutes to implement or these tiny little swaps that will increase your vitality. I'm throwing it out there, but like 100% or more because, and I've watched it, I've taught it, I've done it, I live it, I breathe it, I am it. And they're often the things that are underestimated overlooked, pushed to the side because of time and completely uh, just not understood as the, it's like the, the, the proteins, like the amino acids of thriving, like the, the amino acids of our body are the building blocks of the proteins of everything that we are made up of fundamentally. Thrive is like the like the amino acids of what it would take to energetically and physically and mentally feel fully alive and support you to live in alignment. It's like the foundations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I say where whenever I feel out of alignment or in in any area of life, I always come back to these foundations. Yep. And then even when I'm in alignment, it's because I'm doing, practicing and being these foundations. Mm -hmm. So that's why the empowerment aspect really shines from this because like we say, it's not an online program that you start and finish and then voila and then you go into the next thing. It's not a personal development journey in that way. It's resources that are the foundations to help you feel that sense of thriving mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, socially, everything. And to come to have a foundational support to come back to, it's that as I say that, I breathe out and I relax and I'm reminded that I don't have to remember everything. Mm -hmm. There's no pressure about this. It's just, hang on, what do I need to do? It's elements of this. Who do I need to be? 
I'll practice these and it will come to me. Yeah. Because we, we talk about breath. How can I breathe efficiently? You got to do it anyway. Sleep. How can I optimize my sleep? You got to do it anyway. Eat. Like these things are all everything that is available to us within our own being, the, 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 the things that we, we either do consciously or unconsciously. And if you choose to do them consciously, the way that you think, where your intention is given, whether you're mindful and connected or not, uh, the, what food you put in your mouth, how you move your body or whether you move your body at all, these will determine how easy or difficult it is to be in alignment and being in alignment is what will determine how fulfilled and fulfilling and successful and expansive and abundant your life is. Beautiful. I'm going to link all that in the resources and people will hear a lot more about that Thrive series and I wanted this to kind of just be um, – just to mention it because it's there yeah. and we know how amazing it is. Oh, yeah. And I want people to you, – you kept mentioning this word choice throughout. Yeah. Check it out. Make a choice. See if it aligns with you or not. Oh, yeah. I'm so and, excited. And in in alignment with that choice aspect, you've also got a program supercharged mm. that you've just released. And I want you to tell us a little bit about that because I also want people to go and check that out. And what's the difference between – people who are thinking about making a choice in their growth, their development, their well-being, their thriving. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Thrive is is very much the overall foundations of uh, mental, physical, emotional. We've got sleep in there. We've got all the different aspects as human beings that we have to do because we're human beings. And supercharged is almost taking the aspects of the breath, the mindset, the emotions and uh, the energetics, like the, the energetic stuff. The meditation, you could say it's not, and I don't teach any, I don't, I'm not like this, I'm going to teach you breath work or I'm going to teach you this. Really, we use, it's, it's, it's kind of an advancement of the area of our energetic and neurological wiring. It's like a quantum resilience, right? Mm. It's like a quantum resilience training, which then can be, it's it's a it's a honing in on an aspect of us that we have access to of human beings which basically retrains you to operate from a place of energetic fullness, empowerment, sovereignty and to lean towards an aspect of of energy, mindset, belief systems that as a collective we have pushed away and not valued for a long time, which is more of the flow. It's to tap more into the energetic flow, less doing, more being, which then speeds everything else up. And it's a retraining of your nervous system, of your rewiring of your mind, and it's a recalibration of your energy levels. And so it's it's 12 weeks, 90 days. And so we have a little container in a WhatsApp group where every day I'm either giving you a practice or a ritual or an affirmation or something to do every single day. And we're in this little container. And my challenge in that 90 days to everyone is what's something that you want to create in those 90 days? And you do that and you use these practices over like 20 to 25 different trainings because I always add things in. So I'm giving a flexible amount there. (laughs) These trainings that are released weekly um, and in total, yeah, about 20 to 25 plus a ton of bonuses, 
in order to be able to move towards that, to make what you dream of. Firstly, get really clear on a vision of what you want in your life and what it is that you truly desire and owning that and practically bringing that down into something tangible that you can touch and feel and doing that together through a 90-day cycle so that you understand that you can do that by yourself forever for the rest of your life. And then you get a one-on-one um, breakthrough coaching session with either yourself, uh, myself, or, or BNL, um kinesiologist. I know a lot of the content that's in there and it freaking excites me to to see the way you've put it all together. What's some or what's a great result that you can share that someone got from last time you did Supercharged? Because mm. I like that idea of making it something, all right, at the end of this 90 days – Yep. There's some, it's either you've achieved or received or yep. there's a lot more clarity and you're a hell of a lot closer. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, making a ton of money <laughs> was one of my clients and that makes me so happy. You know, I think we have a lot of collective stuff around money, some silly ideas around that. And <clears throat> she went from being in debt to her, she has a, it's not just a gym, it's a, it's a beautiful wellness center to just like thriving for lack of a better word right now, or actually for the best word, thriving financially, like booking a holiday, being able to be away. And this wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to do this thing. It's like she shifted everything, the dynamics within herself and she cut back her ex, like her effort by 70% and increased her income by 300%. Beautiful. So it's it's that and her sex life, like sex life always gets better for everyone involved, um, whether with self, like your sensuality, your relationship to self, because you're so deeply connected with all of your different uh, aspects of your energy, which are, tend to be shut down. Um, for us in these different days because we're up on our head so it's 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 a it's a development of intuition people got pregnant people got into relationships people left like found the courage that they had to leave a job that was just so toxic for them they um, got off their depression pills and stopped hating their children like these so many things that what what people wanted to create were very different Mm. um yeah so it's tangible touch and feel stuff but also energetics so i was actually going to challenge you on that because it's all well and good for us as coaches to know all of these things and to share this and coach and teach and you would have had this I've never really spoken to you about it much but what about the people who are listening saying yeah but you don't have kids Mm. yeah but you don't have a job that you hate Mm. yeah but yeah but yeah but you're not in a toxic relationship yeah but you're not experiencing what you don't know what I feel you're not experiencing this how can you coach or teach me on these things if you if you're not stuck in this or if you haven't experienced that Mm. It's a good question. Uh, Valid. And when we think about what's underneath that, what you're feeling, I'm hazarding guessing to those people is helpless, trapped, like they don't have choice. They're feeling afraid. They're feeling stuck. They're feeling like there is no way out of this situation. The kids or the job or the this or the that feel like the things at hand. Uh, And I, I mean, there's, there's, I've kind of got two answers. One is from Amber personally and then one is from every other coach or teacher or facilitator or heal, whatever that doesn't have kids as well. Like, I don't have kids. I do have three businesses. I was one of seven. Uh, I have moved out of home at 14. Like, my life was resilience training, you know, and I was in a job that was out of alignment. I was a radiation therapist. I was treating cancer and that was a f- massive identity Thing for me massive 
it took so much of myself to break down in order to leave that. And all of these things, everything that you said, I, I'm, I, I can honestly hand on a heart say, oh, I've been through that. I've been there and I've been through it. And I don't think that I had to have been through it in order to teach that, you know, because really what I know as human beings is that why it feels so hard is because we don't know what else is possible. And a lot of the supercharged work is actually opening, utilizing the mind that we have and the understanding of neuroscience and quantum and energetic truths that, you know, we can measure and change frequencies and et cetera, et cetera, in order to actually be able to expand our awareness. So when we are feeling really low and dark, and I remember the very first interview I have had, I shared a time where I went through like a month of about of feeling very depressed and dark and that, you know, often depression is a result of depressing something down, like depressing for a long time. And the depression is often trying to rise up and come through, but then we get stuck in our head and perpetuates and becomes this very, like very chemical reaction in our whole body. It's a wiring. There's so many different aspects to depression. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist and I'm going to try and diagnose, but depression can rise up. And if we get stuck in our head about it, or imagining the energy of when it's coming back up to move through whatever we have depressed down. And that may be because we've resisted something and we've wanted it to be a different way. Therefore, we have depressed and resisted what that feels like when we are focused on that belief system. When it's coming up and through, our energy is so low, our vibration is low, our our, our psychology is low. Therefore, what is already in front of us, say opportunities or possibility or other ways of being or other choices that are already in front of us, we cannot see them because it's almost like we're attuned to a different radio station. So even with they're there, I could try and sit here and convince you all of the possibilities, but I'm not going to do that. My work is to support you to be able to shift what you're feeling and change your energy and give you practices in order to master that so that you can see the possibilities and the opportunities and the different choices that you have yourself. It takes you from a place of feeling like you're helpless and that there is nothing possible in going, wow, I did not see that before or I am capable of that because perhaps we've shifted the doubt or the fear or the insecurity or the blame or the shame because we've done the energy work underneath it. So it's not about what have you been through or the circumstance, it's about what can you see and what changes what you see? Well, it's what you're attuned to and what you're feeling and what you believe and what changes what you believe? Well, we have to shift the energy underneath. So that's what this is. I love it. That's And the results speak for themselves. I've seen results of people that you've worked with. You mentioned a few there before. You don't have to have experienced it. Like you said, it's the shifting of that energy. It's the shifting of what's ever holding people back. And I mm-hmm. actually, when I was asking that question, I started to think, well, I've coached people who have got three kids or have uh, lost a partner or uh, have been in massive debt with business and all of these experiences that I haven't had, but that doesn't mean that I can't coach them through things. Mm-hmm. So, well well said. On, on everything that we've spoken about, today in terms of thriving in people and mm. human energetics what makes what makes you froth like what do you love talking about the most or coaching the most or experiencing the most you do a lot of retreats and you get amazing results from that you do a lot of keynote speaking you do a lot of podcasting you do a lot of online giving mm. of information what makes you froth like what do you love one thing that changed for me during self isolation was the appreciation of everything that's simple. That we can get caught up in 
frameworks and trauma and the like superhuman things and biohacking. But truly, as much as Amber, maybe five years ago, even two years, I don't even know, would have gone, what? That's boring. It's actually the beauty of simplicity. And that when we move through the resistance of pausing and landing in our own body, the profound shifts that happen on a psychological level, all those things you were trying to discipline yourself to do, you don't have to put force in because you've come and you've connected with a much deeper power and source within yourself that has a fuck ton more leverage than trying to force or discipline change. And that's probably my favorite thing that I'm practicing, teaching and repeating constantly. It's like stop all the – like – you know, someone messaged me yesterday, but is this just my ego? Is I'm projecting? I'm just like, shh, go breathe for 10 minutes. Come back, tell me if there's still a problem. So you mean like get out of your head? Yes. Go breathe, recenter, yeah, get in the heart. Get out. Go, go, go do some coherent breathing. Get back into your body. The noise will be gone. Mm. You've shifted. Perhaps you can then tell me actually what you're feeling. Oh, I was feeling like I was judged by someone. There we go. Mm. There you go. Cool. Work with that. Right? Come back to what the truth is. Come back to the rawness of who you are. Come back to your being. Work from there. Beautiful. You share so much content online. You give, 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 and you consistently give high levels of value. Where can people find you online? Where's the best place to to follow Amber Hawken? Well, they're in the podcast, so they probably like podcasts. So there's the Amber Hawken podcast. (laughs) Very original name. Uh, AmberHawken.com. Uh, H-A-W-K-E-N.com because then you can find all the free resources in the resources section. If you like social media, it's Amber underscore Hawken Instagram, Hawken Amber on Facebook. There's not many of me out there, so just type it in and you'll find what you, you desire on all of the different platforms. I'll link that up in the show notes. Same with the supercharged program links and the Thrive, everything that we've spoken about. Thank you. And to finish off, I know you're about to interview me on your podcast, but is there anything you would like to ask me before we finish? I ask you all the random questions every day anyway. Hmm, Okay. (sighs) What are you grateful for the most out of this last two months, Brett Robinson? What are you most grateful? The, the, no, I was going to say the time, the clarity of what it means to have an abundance of time. So it's not the time itself, but it's the clarity of what it means to have an abundance of time. The reason I say that is because when I'm busy and away from home, I want to be not busy and I want to be back home. When I'm at home, and spending quality time with my little baby boy who's 13 months old now and then that feeling comes in of oh, I shouldn't I haven't actually been anywhere for two days I haven't done any coaching I haven't been away I haven't presented I haven't given am I enough and all these monkey mind kind of stuff so it makes me then do the work like go and breathe like I said get out of your head Brett just go and be 
So it's that clarity of what it means to have an abundance of time and then who am I being in that time? That's a beautiful bloody answer, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for being alive. Amber Hawken, you're a legend. Your presence and your being on this planet is welcomed and infectious. Keep shining your abundant light to the world, my girl. Thank you. Energy before action. Shift those fears, insecurities, doubts, worries, and bullshit stories holding us back and watch the beautiful, abundant reality unfold. Make sure you follow Amber online and soak up her abundance of free content and resources that she consistently delivers. Check out her supercharged program if you're ready for quantum resilience. And remember to check out the Thrive series that she and I have put together for you. Yes, put together for you. If you're human and want to have the foundations of thriving at your fingertips to easily come back to day in and day out at your own leisure, then check it out and get amongst it at calmmindco.com. Allow the Thrive series to support you in being the change you want to see in the world. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.